Welcome to The Green Podcast. My name is Dylan Welch. I'm the CEO of Green.org and Dylan Welch Media. Our goal with this podcast is to bring you the biggest names and leaders in renewable energy, clean technology, and sustainability so that you can stay up to date with the latest trends and everything that is happening in this world. Not only that, you'll get some action items for your life so that you can apply some amazing things and make your world a better place as well. Let's get the show started. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Green Podcast. My name is Dylan Welch. I'm the CEO of Green.org. Our goal with this show is to bring you leaders in business, technology, and sustainability. Today, our guest is Ali El-Namani. He's the Managing Director of 1898 Co., part of Burns & McDonald. 1898 Co. is a global business and technology consultancy that brings together a unique blend of engineers and industry leaders to deliver strategic business insights and solutions for critical infrastructure industries. They partner with their clients to plan, invest, secure, and optimize critical assets for a successful, sustainable future. So let's dive right into it. Ali, thank you so much for being here. Sure. Uh, first off, it's a pleasure to be a part of your podcast, and I'm looking forward to our discussion today. Uh, my background started when I worked for a uh, Fortune 500 company in the technical field focused on operational technology for industrial sectors, uh, and specifically for utilities and oil and gas. Um, I spent a few years modernizing commissioning control systems for utilities. Um, and then later implementing cybersecurity measures uh, and solutions to help improve cyber resilience uh, and then support these utilities with meeting their cybersecurity requirements. Um, I later found uh, myself uh, going into uh, global leadership roles uh, to focus on building organizations. Uh, two years ago, I, I learned about 1898 Co., which is a part of Burns and McDonald. Um, I was fascinated with their vision uh, to enable the future of critical infrastructure. Um, and today, as a managing director here at 1898 Co., I'm responsible for utility consulting, management consulting, cybersecurity, and technology consulting for my region. Sounds like uh, you've done some amazing, cool, interesting stuff. You've got a lot going on. So tell us a little bit about the company. Like, what, what does it look like on a day-to-day -day basis of the projects that you're working on? Sure. So, so 1898 Co. is essentially the business and technology consultancy arm of Burns & McDonald um, that focuses on planning, optimizing, uh, and securing the asset-intensive industries. Um, this consulting firm's main mission is to serve the industrial sectors uh, with challenges they face beyond the engineering, the procurement, and the construction that the typical Burns & McDonald focuses on. Um, the industrial clients today have their own client demands. Uh, they have their own investor demands. Uh, they have to deal with legislation and regulation. Um, they have to deal with challenging and changing market dynamics. Um, they need to think about cybersecurity resilience. Uh, as you know, nobody wants to uh, be on the news today justifying why they had a cyber breach. Um, and then finally, they're looking at their digitalization journey and how that's going to impact them both internally and externally. Uh, they need to maintain their competitive advantage along this way. Um, all of this requires deep sector experience and strategic planning in order to be successful. Um, and that, that is what we focus on today at 1898 Co. So we come in to consult on the side of the business 
that operates, maintains, and ultimately extracts value from the assets that Burroughs and McDonald designs and builds. Uh, we typically serve the operations, the asset management, and we mix uh, deep engineering and technical expertise uh, with finance and digital and cyber and organizational consultants. This really allows us to bridge the gap between the asset side uh, of the business and the IT side, which also includes the accounting and so on. So um, as an organization, uh, we operate in three lanes. Uh, first is helping our clients optimize their business uh, through strategy, transformation, uh, strategic asset management, uh, business intelligence and analytics, um, and overall uh, IT, OT strategy. And number two is helping them uh, digitally transform through enterprise system integrations, uh, software solution development, uh, implementation of uh, geographical uh, information systems, and asset performance health monitoring solutions. And then finally, helping them manage their risk through industrial cybersecurity, managed security services, uh, and of course, risk management and compliance. Uh, the industries that we typically serve today are oil and gas and chemicals, uh, military and municipal sectors. Man, you guys have a lot going on. So I'm going to go a little off script because I send you some questions, you know, for, for the listeners that everyone comes on the show to kind of prep with. And I'm just curious, Ali, like with cybersecurity um, just constantly changing all the time, do you have any kind of crazy or interesting stories or like success stories that you've had working with any clients that you're able to share? Yeah, so the the attacks, especially on the industrial sector, uh, they're becoming a lot more complex, right? They're becoming a lot more sophisticated. Uh, so we have to deal with sophisticated attacks um, with more sophisticated solutions. Um, so we work typically with our clients to implement um, strategies to implement, um, uh, to understand where they are today in their journey. Um, that's why we conduct uh, initially uh, gap assessments, vulnerability assessments, um, to ensure that, or at least to set the benchmark of where they are and where they need to be. Uh, we then come in, so we do it soup to nut. We then come in and we um, uh, harden the system. We implement security controls. Um, we try to fill the gaps uh, with the various solutions to help uh, improve that cyber resilience. And then the stage comes for monitoring, this continuous monitoring uh, for anomalies today is, is a big thing. Uh, there could be a lot of insider threat that you might not know about. So uh, anomaly detection is a solution that uh, a lot of clients are going for today to help uh, minimize the risk of a cyber breach. And then finally, the last stage is coming in and building a, or helping our clients build a uh, resilient uh, incident response and recovery plan. Because that's really important from when a cyber breach would occur to being back in operations. Uh, all of that needs to uh, be accounted for. So I know, um, like, obviously, I'm sure at all times, you're kind of working on all three of those different lanes that you mentioned. For you personally, like what gets you most excited of those three? Like which ones, what area do you like to work on the most? 
Honestly, I enjoy all. I would say the cybersecurity aspect is is certainly very challenging, and I I, I love that challenge. I love dealing with that. Um, the uh, other sectors uh, with respect to um, uh, sustainability, uh, zero emissions, and transportation, electrification, uh, that also excites me quite a bit because I, I feel that the future is going to be heading in that direction as well, and it's 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 heading that way. A lot faster than what we think. So these, I would say, uh, would be the two sectors that I really, really enjoy working on. But but the rest are also nice. Yeah, a lot of moving parts all at once. Yeah, I mean, you know, we can uh, have someone on the Green Podcast without talking a little bit about business, a little bit about tech, a little bit about energy. Uh, but you did mention sustainability as well. So, uh, like, what what kind of things are you working on right now for your clients when it comes to sustainability and environmental? consulting solutions the sustainability is is on the forefront of of every client that we're we're, we're working with today right so we've uh, we've got the uh, on, on the utility consulting side um taken on like grid modernization projects uh, grid resiliency projects um the inflation reduction act also um, has grants that are out there um so helping clients understand how to best spend their money um, uh, based on the life cycle of their assets. Um, so a lot of those also tie into the, uh, sustainability goals. Um, we we're seeing a lot of solar projects in the works, um, where we're conducting a lot of interconnection studies, uh, to ensure that, uh, the grid is also resilient enough to take on more dynamic load, uh, as you know, with solar and the EVs uh, coming online. Um, we're consulting on strategy and development of solar and storage solutions, uh, for multiple clients. Uh, we've been helping with anything from resource planning, site screening, uh, solar design through procurement. And, and of course, notice strategic positioning, uh, and market, and of course, tax strategies. Uh, we're seeing more and more of these non-taxable clients, uh, beginning to switch from, uh, power purchase agreements, PPAs um into um options uh direct ownership options uh, due to this direct pay benefits um and on the development side we're helping clients um, complete both self-development and due diligence requirements so you can see we're we're able to provide services um at every stage of the renewable uh power delivery another type of consulting that also relates to sustainability that we're doing a lot of today is consulting on zero emissions and electrification strategies. Um, there is, you know, a growing adoption of electric vehicles. Uh, we're doing work for uh, counties, utilities, and other stakeholders um, with a framework to reach um, and supporting all of them to reach uh, their emission goals um, by transitioning their fleets and modernizing their grid. Um, so with many uh, companies setting their net zero emissions goals uh, as soon as 2035, uh, transitioning to zero emission fleets and vehicles um, will be an important step in reaching these goals. So in the automotive industries, we'll see manufacturers like GM, uh, BMW, uh, and others committing to almost 100% EV production by 2035 uh, and at least 50% by 2030. So we continuously work with our clients to educate them, to educate their employees, 
um, on the function of electric vehicles and, and ensure that they'll be able to efficiently charge their assets uh, while making sure that the grid can also handle the load of this massive EV adoption. So these are some of many of the interesting projects that you just asked for. Yeah, so I got a, a lot of questions because you shared a lot of interesting information. I think, I guess my first question is, when you're working with these clients, is it usually them who pursue like sustainable goals and things they want to accomplish with their company? Or does your, does AG90 income or build that into the services that you're offering? Or is it a combination of both? It's a combination of both. I would say, I mean, some of, we categorize clients as leaders, laggers, and followers. So when it comes to um, other clients that might still be waiting for others uh, to go through the process and the journey, um, it could be a little bit of both. So we could come in and, and help um, assess uh, their existing environment, their existing business, where they are, and help guide them on what's achievable by 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 which time frame. So I would say it's a little bit of both. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so you obviously work with a lot of like energy companies and I think sort of the biggest, hottest conversation right now, you know, if you kind of like zoom out a little bit, everyone was talking about electric vehicles and going green and like moving away from gas and oil. But now as it's sort of coming to fruition, there's a lot of uh, conversation just about like, can the grid handle it? How are we going to produce the energy that, you know, fuels these electric vehicles? Um, from your experience working with your clients, where do you see that all kind of falling like on the scale of possible or not possible? So, so the grid infrastructure also needs to come up um, to par, right? We're seeing the adoption of this massive scale of, of electric vehicles, um, almost uh, uh, 50% more than what it was just a couple of years ago. Uh, and the infrastructure itself needs to handle that, right? We'll, we're seeing a lot of clients um, installing these chargers at their homes. Um, the counties and cities are looking to install fast chargers, obviously, in, in certain areas so that people can charge as they go and the resiliency of the grid. Um, so there are um, a lot of studies, a lot of planning uh, that needs to go behind um, all of that infrastructure that, that we're talking about. Um, understanding when we're talking to utilities and their jurisdictions, um, evaluating their existing um, loads versus uh, what the impact uh, that's going to happen over the next 5, 10, 20 years. So we're we're actually conducting a 20-year plan for a, a lot of clients today to help them understand uh, with the adoption of um, electric vehicles at home, with the adoption of uh, even uh, electric water heaters, um, what is the impact that's going to happen on the utility itself over the next um, 5 or 10 years? And so, yeah, so there's quite a bit of... Uh, planning work that goes in line. We're doing a lot of it, but, uh, but we're, I mean, as an industry, um, uh, we're behind, right? We, we need to catch up, uh, because the wave is coming. Yeah. I'm curious, like what areas, you know, from your experience and work with your clients, have you seen 
sort of the most growth and the most interest in, in let's say the past five years, has it been more of the cybersecurity? Has it been more of the renewable energy? Is it, you know, artificial intelligence, intelligence kind of becoming like a top of point? Like what have you seen a lot of growth recently that people can kind of focus on? Yeah. So, um, if you look at the future of, well, uh, if you Google the future of industrial sectors, you'll get things like artificial intelligence, drones, virtual reality, wearables, robotics, blah, 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 right? All of these make sense. Um, however, the adoption rate for these things is going to take its course. Um, the future of our industry is, in my opinion, tied to a number of things. Number one, I would say um, the uh, uh, demand response. Uh, we live in a fast-paced world. Uh, the expectations to um, continue to increase um, uh, and, and, and meeting expectations faster. Um, I would say not just demand response, but, but also a reliable one. Uh, utilities are running behind, as I mentioned, on projects. The grid is not where it needs to be. We've got a lot of work, um, and we need to help bridge the gap as quickly as possible. Number two, I would say cybersecurity. There are 20 billion more IoT devices today connected um, than there was uh, 10 years ago. Uh, I'm not saying that in a bad, bad way. Um, it is essential for us and for our clients to maintain competitive advantage. That this is one way of, of maintaining competitive advantage uh, in the market. Um, but that also introduces uh, and increases the surface of attack, right? 20 billion, 30 billion versus 10 billion devices. So in, in number three, I would say zero emissions and electrification uh, becoming more of a uh, required sustainability initiative uh, across the board rather than just an incentivized uh, initiative. Um, and then finally, number four, um, we've got this enormous retiring uh, workforce um, and a general workforce shortage that we're dealing with today and not enough knowledge retention. Uh, so we'll see... Uh, more industries automating work, adopting smart digital solutions to augment uh, human intervention, um, and then finally shifting uh, some of the resources to learning new technologies um, and adapting new ways of doing business. Uh, so we've been seeing that over the last uh, five five years, and we're going to continue to see that over the next five to ten years. Yeah, I mean that that's amazing information. Just number one of. Uh how quickly people expect responses and res or excuse me, expect responses to emails and questions. Like it's all moving very quickly. And then that kind of brings it right back to number five. Um, I have kind of like two questions. So one is for, let's say like the young professionals who are in the workplace and maybe want to advance their careers. Like which one of those five would you recommend they maybe put a little bit more focus on whether it's taking certifications or, learning or going down that sector. And then on the flip side, like for seasoned business owners, which one of those do you think is sort of the most important to focus on for their business if they haven't implemented any of those by it? Yeah, so for young professionals, um, been seeing a lot of uh, focus on cybersecurity. Uh, there's a huge shortage on cybersecurity professionals today, especially on the OT industrial cybersecurity specifically. Uh, it requires knowledge on the operational technology, which is a lot of knowledge in the field. 
and knowledge in cybersecurity, right? Controls and digitalization and cybersecurity combined. Um, there are specialized uh, degrees out there today that uh, focus on industrial cybersecurity. So this is a very hot sector that I believe, you know, is is going to continue to grow. Uh, the gap in, in um, uh, resources continues to grow um, in, in, the, in the millions. Uh, so protecting our critical infrastructure, that's number one, right? That's the number one priority that's out there. So uh, nation state attacks continue to grow. This is a sector that's going to continue to grow. So I would say focus on that. Um, the other one with vacation field, this is also a growing field. Uh, there's demand for um, achieving net zero continues to grow across all industries. And, and uh, this is a sector that's also going to continue to to evolve. So um, so get it, get into those two uh, two aspects there. The uh, on the industrial side, on the client side, um, you know the sustainability goals. That's that's pretty important, right? Um, uh, I would say um, the the market is shifting. Um, how we used to operate and how we do business uh, in the utility sector, for example, five to ten years ago, is completely different than how we do business today. Um, when it comes to maintaining competitive advantage uh, in the market, uh, you need to be resilient. Uh, you need to be um, able to quickly adapt to changes. Um, there's not only uh, uh, it's it's not only on the national uh, level the competitive advantage that you need to maintain. It's now on the global level. Um, so um, you need to account for all of that today, and you need to stay ahead of the game um, if you want to uh, ensure. Um, that uh, you are in business over the next uh, five, ten years, and and beyond. Yeah, that honestly, that's extremely helpful information. Um, I have a friend who's former military, has a job in cybersecurity, does very well for himself. And I actually just had another friend working in a completely different industry. He's a seasoned professional, basically retired, went back and studied uh, cybersecurity and now he's pursuing a career in that and um, he said he's doing very well for himself as well so two two helpful things you know for the green green podcast audience well first of all i want to thank you for being here your treasure trove of information kind of went off of our general questions but i feel like i could just like pick your brain about all the different things that are happening in the world so um i want to be you know mindful of your time but how can uh, you know the the Green Podcast, the Green.org audience support you? Whether that's at you know eight ninety eight Co or Burns and McDonald, um, is there anything that we can do to just support businesses like yours that are pursuing and pushing sustainability, clean technology, renewable energy? Um, yeah, so uh, there are a lot of clients out there. So the, <laughs> the clients don't have the time to wait. Right, so there's there's a lot of things uh, that they need to get started on. Uh, I mentioned earlier there are um, advanced, there are uh, 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 clients who have started their journey already um, to zero zero emissions, uh, to net zero, uh, their journey towards cyber resilience, uh, and more. Um, there are others uh, who typically are followers and, and, and laggers. Um, there's not 
there's there's a lot of there's a lot of needs out there, right? Uh, there's not one company that can do it all. So um, help. What we need to assist our clients and and the industries to know is that we're out there to help. We're all in this together. Um, again, uh, find your trusted advisors. Uh, and I mentioned advisors, not advisor, because again, there's not one company that can can do it all. And and we're here to help. Yeah, please put that out there as much as possible, and and hopefully uh, um, we can be there for for uh, for all of the industrial clients. Yeah, I mean, I think you know one thing you mentioned that really stands out to me is the word resilient. Like times are changing so quickly right now. That if you're a business owner or you have a business, you really do have to start thinking, you know, five, 10, 15, 20, 30 years down the line, um, so that you prepare and be ready for these changes. So, um, Ali, it's been awesome and amazing talking with you. It's just been cool hearing your journey of how you got started, all the different things you've got going on at 1898 Co. and Burns and McDonald. I love hearing about companies like yours that just offer a variety of different solutions um, because when you do that, it gives your clients the ability to like adapt multiple areas of their business, you know, thinking forward. And it usually keeps those companies like yours on the cutting edge of those technologies so that they can help their clients in all these different ways. So if this is something that your business might need, please reach out to Ali. I'll link Ali's uh, information in the podcast description. And Ali, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. I know you're a busy guy. You've got a lot of things going on over there, helping our clients, making the world a better place. So thank you for being on the Green Podcast. Thank you for having me, Dylan. Of course. And to everyone who tunes into the show, who watches, who listens, who shares our content, who reads our articles, who attends our events, we really appreciate it. Our goal, as always, is to bring together leaders in business, energy, finance, tech, and just pick their brain, learn a little bit more about what they're working on, and then taking that information so that we can all apply it to ourselves, our careers, our life, so that we can all have a little bit more money in the bank account, live a little bit more environmentally friendly, and when we all do that, the world can be a better, happier place. So we want to thank Ollie, want to thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode of The Green Podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning into the episode. My name is Dylan Welch. Appreciate it. As always, stay up to date with the latest information on green.org and dylanwelch.com. Dylan Welch Media is a full service media and communications agency dedicated to promoting, marketing, and helping businesses in clean tech, renewable energy, and sustainability grow, get more clients, get more customers, get in front of their ideal clientele. If you have any more questions, feel free to reach out. If you're interested in joining the Green Summit, go to www.green-summit.org. Reserve your ticket today. There's very few spots left, so make sure you get on that ASAP. Thank you and have a great rest of your day.